Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. If you are currently wanting to get personalized advice to support you with your nutrition and hormones, the best place to start is for you to book in a complimentary consultation. In this 15-minute consultation, we will discuss your current health goals, what you can expect from consultations, and we cover any questions that you may have. If you're happy to go ahead, we book in a time for your initial consultation, but equally, if you need a little time to think about it, that is perfectly okay too. To book in a complimentary consultation, simply head over to selendouglas.com forward slash links and navigate to the book section. Alternatively, you will also find the booking link in the show notes on this episode. We hope to meet you very soon. This episode is a little different than most, more of a personal share than educational, and you probably guessed what it's about from the title of this episode. I wanted to record my birth story purely for myself to be able to look back and listen to it and reminisce on what was the most intense, hard, but equally amazing experience of my entire life so far. Recently, I put it out to you on Instagram as to whether or not you wanted to hear it, and I got back a resounding yes. Personally, I loved listening to other people's birth stories of all kinds when I was pregnant, and I'm really happy to be able to give back and contribute to that conversation. So here it is, the real behind-the-scenes chats about my experience having a home birth for my first baby, Lumi Moses. Hello, Selene. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. We are here today to talk about our birth story and for something a little bit different, I'm going to be interviewing you. Mm. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. How do you feel in general at the moment? Um, Pretty good. We Yesterday I thought I was getting mastitis. I think I was. So I feel a little bit run down, but overall good mentally well i feel like good emotionally mm. just a little bit physically run down yes how do you feel i feel like i have a blanket of tiredness over me <laughs> for most of the last week but um tired and very happy i think the week before i had a whole bunch of adrenaline still running through my system so i was feeling really good um, but caught up a little bit this week for both of us, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back right to the start. Not right to the start, but to the start of this little journey. And I'm going to ask you, how did we find out that we were pregnant? Yeah, so it was New Year's Eve of 2021, that's right, and Basically, as it goes, I think for a lot of women, I was late to get my period, but we'd been away um, on holidays um, and away for Christmas and that kind of thing. And I remember you, I, me saying to you, like, I'm late to get my period. And you kind of said, oh, well, you know, it's happened before when we've been away and we've been out of routine. So it's probably nothing. And I just remember having this feeling that it was different. I think because normally 
if I've been a couple of days late for my period, I can tell that I'm about to get it. I can just feel it in how my my body feels, but I didn't have any of those kind of subtle signs or symptoms. It just felt like it wasn't anywhere near coming. Um, and then jokingly, uh, we were in our bedroom and I said to our dog, Kobe, I pointed at my belly and I got her to come over and sniff it. And I said, like, is there anything in there? Like, honestly joking. And she sniffed it and kind of like jumped backwards and pulled this really funny face. Uh, and so later that day I went and got a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. Mm. Um, and I did the test and the line was really faint. And I remember at the time we had a housemate and I went out to you on the on our balcony. You were hanging out the clothes and I said, I told you I was pregnant, but you didn't hear what I said. And you kind of just were like, yeah, didn't really respond normally. I obviously knew that you didn't hear me. And then I just kind of walked away and walked inside. And it wasn't until later that you went into our bathroom and saw the test there and realized. Yeah, I walked past the test <laughs> and I went to go to the bathroom myself and I saw the test and I was like, oh, she's done the test. And I had a quick look at it. And to me, it looked like there was only one line. So I was like, Oh, and I came out to Salon at that time. Our roommate was no longer there. And I said, you did the test? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, and it's we're not pregnant. And you were like, no, we are pregnant. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not. There's no line on there. Anyway, there definitely was a line. It just wasn't looking hard enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely faint. Um, and, yeah, that's how we found that's out we, found out we were pregnant. And, yeah, how did you feel? Once I finally heard it. <laughs> and let it sink in. I was super, super excited. I think yeah. if you'd have told me the day before that you guys should have a baby, I probably would have said definitely not ready, it's the wrong time. Yeah. And, in fact, I think like a day or two before we'd actually done a um, an exercise where we'd planned out the next couple of years and, and we'd talked about each other's goals and what we were going to do moving forward. And I think we'd said at that time, we want to be ready to start thinking about kids at the end of next year. Which would have been the end of this year. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny because I think there's never, you know, an air quotes right time for things. And, like, looking at where we are now, do you think that at the end of this year we would have been going, oh, yeah, let's start? Probably not. Yeah, you probably <laughs> continue to say next year. I think next we'd next go, year. yeah, let's give it another 12 months. But now, obviously, it's so perfect. In right. The timing was perfect. I think it's really, yeah. really sparked both of us up and, and the year was so special because of it. So Yeah, definitely. It was perfect timing. Also, in hindsight, um, we caught up with a couple of your friends before we found out um, in the days leading up to the test. Yes. And two of them had mentioned that your boobs were <laughs> much larger than normal, so I don't know how we hadn't really connected those yeah. dots at that time. Yeah, it's an obvious spot when you've been a 10A since year seven <laughs> and you're 28. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, for me, I think every time we'd gone home for Christmas, you'd have been late to some point, so I don't think yeah. it really sunk in until until you showed me the test the second time. But yeah, best thing ever. Yeah. All right, moving on from that, um, after discovering you were pregnant, yes. do you want to run us through how you felt roughly during each trimester, ups and downs. Yep. So trimester one, I probably felt completely normal for a couple of weeks. Like I don't really think I felt too different for those first couple of weeks of January. Um, 
And then I'd say it was probably around maybe week six or seven um, that I definitely started feeling really tired. I'd say tiredness was the main thing. And then just kind of felt like I was hungover, obviously. It's been so long now since I would have been hungover, but it felt like I was hungover. I felt kind of just turned off a lot of things. Um, I had that kind of like hungry, sick feeling all the time um, and was, yeah, definitely nauseous all the time. I never actually threw up. Uh, thankfully, but I definitely dry reached a few times. Mostly at my cooking. Um, yeah, there was definitely a few times. I actually, I think maybe. Oh no, that was a, another. That wasn't pregnant. Then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely had a few experiences like that in terms of cravings. Not really. They were very fleeting. I had cravings a couple of days for sushi. Cravings a couple of days for pizza, and then my other craving was spaghetti bolognese. But I would say. I maybe had that like three or four times for each of those, Mm. something like that. Um, And the other thing that I was really turned off was chocolate and coffee, two of my favourite things. That's when you know something's really wrong. Yeah, especially chocolate. I'm definitely a dark chocolate fiend. Um, And, yeah, I was just completely off both of those. Um, I was definitely a little bit more emotional as well, I would say. Like I think I started crying it's something i wouldn't normally cry at a few times um yeah i really had to rein back that you know the typical australian humor where you take the take the piss out of someone a little bit and um it's very yeah, sensitive across the line a few times there were some very mild jokes but weren't received well so no slowly learnt my lesson um and yeah i think those were the main things of trimester one is there anything else that i've left out no i think think that's it you you were um waking up hungry and having to eat almost immediately which is also different for me like normally I can quite happily go till eight or nine o'clock um even ten o'clock some days without Mm. really needing food um but yeah I was definitely waking up really hungry and eating like smaller more frequent meals which again is quite different to how I would have eaten pre-baby um And, yeah, there were the main things. I think tiredness was hard. I definitely found just with that tiredness that I also kind of had, like, low motivation as well, and I did find that hard with work Um, and obviously, like, having to be there for other people in consults and things like that because I just didn't really have the energy. So I found all of that um, really, really draining. Mm. And I was sleeping more as well, I think, I remember that kind of like sleeping in longer and also going to bed really early. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're finding it particularly hard on your two big consulting days. Yes. And lots of people. Yeah, definitely. I remember so like Tuesdays and Thursdays at that point I think were my days and I was maybe like a big day would be seeing like seven or eight people in a day back to back and when you're doing like eight hours of talking to people nonstop, especially as an introvert. By the end of the day, I was just feeling like, um, if anyone that's watched Harry Potter, a reference here, but like a Dementor had just like sucked the life out of me and I needed to just recuperate and sleep and be alone. Um, But, yeah, I think pretty much from about week 13, that all basically went away. Yeah, it was was almost an overnight thing. I remember just all of a sudden got... Energy back and yep, started going back to the gym, 
was definitely more active. I did go to the gym in trimester one, but not as often as I had been going before just because I just didn't, like I just didn't have the energy to do it. Mm. Um, so I just went with that. If I felt good, then I would go. If I didn't feel good, I wouldn't. Um, and then, yeah, trimester two, I was feeling really good again. So it's definitely more active. Um, one thing I think that did crop up though probably from the late trimester one onwards was I started getting some insomnia. Mm. Uh, and that was different. The first few times I got it, I felt really annoyed because I've always, or not always, but for years now I've had really, really good sleep and um, always been someone that doesn't have trouble falling asleep. If anything, I think I sleep better than you and would fall asleep quicker. And Mm -hmm. like once I'm asleep, I don't wake up till the morning. I'll just sleep right through. Um, And so it started as not being able to fall asleep at night And then it sort of started turning into, oh, no, sorry, the other way around. It started with like waking up at around 3 a.m. or something like that, 2 or 3 a.m. and not being able to go back to sleep until the morning. And then the further I got into pregnancy, it started sort of transitioning into just completely not being able to go to sleep. And there were some nights where I wasn't actually falling asleep until 2 or 3 in the morning and then still getting up at like 6 or 7 and kind of starting the day. Yeah, quite often I would wake up and put my arm over to give you a hug and you went there <laughs> and I'd come out and you had, would have done some sort of hobby, <laughs> a little bit of online shopping. Yeah, there were definitely packages arriving. Yeah, yeah. the apartment's going to like coffee and you're bright-eyed and you sort of fill me in on your night. I did some candle making last night <laughs> and I bought this. Yeah. Yeah, and I re- that was also one of the positive silver linings of having that was... I did so much research for all the things we were going to get mm. for like baby and post birth. But when the time came to buy it, I was like super organized. I was like, I've researched all the best reviews, all of this, and I had it all pre planned. Yes, which is a good us. thing for me because I, I normally <laughs> do a very deep dive when we're making a decision like that. And I think I woke up one morning and you just had a spreadsheet with all the all things. The, all the things. And it was all about like how many reviews it had, how much safety, safety it had. <laughs> And you really scout everything. So I didn't have to do anything apart from we just had to go and get, get it. it all. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the best advice I got there was actually from my acupuncturist and she was like, look, just don't fight it. If you're getting it, just embrace it and, um, and like do something with the time. Don't just try and like stay there in bed feeling angry about it, which is definitely what I did the first couple of times. Just got super frustrated um and obviously I was doing all the things most of the time you know the magnesium and the sleep hygiene and all of that granted like running your own business there are some times when you're required to do work a little um later in the evening than is ideal so there were definitely some nights I think where I didn't uh help my situation Um, but there was majority of the time when I was doing all of the things and it just wasn't actually helping. So yeah, Mm. I found that embracing it, um, made me feel probably like less anxious about it because I didn't get stuck in the mindset of thinking like, oh my God, tomorrow I'm going to be so tired and it's really going to impact what I have on tomorrow and all of that. I kind of just didn't decided not to care about it. Um, and I honestly think that I just got used to it. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I never, I never really noticed you being super drained or anything like that. It was yeah. like you had extra, extra energy. hormones yeah. or something. Um, but yeah, trimester two was great. I feel like I felt really good most of the time. All of those cravings and nausea and all of that was gone. Um, and yeah, anything that, I've left out there? No, I think that was all pretty good. It was like trimester two and maybe half a trimester three where you just almost, if felt you didn't great. see, look at the belly, you'd almost not know you were pregnant. You were yeah. charging on your normal way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think we did hypnobirthing around the, the yeah. end of trimester two or mid trimester two. Yeah, we did it um, around like mid 20 weeks. So what's that? Like the end of trimester two mm. um, was when we did hypnobirthing. And yeah, that was really good. We obviously had done quite a lot of research before that, listening to different birth story podcasts and just trying to learn everything we could about birth um, being, I guess, like the A-type kind of like personality. I like to try and know as much as possible before going into something. Yeah, I um, think hypnobirthing was particularly good for uh, reinforcing a lot of the stuff yes. that we'd read or heard. Yeah. And then for me as the partner, it really cemented the fact that I did have a role that like you didn't have to just be there as a witness it, you had like a really good role and um, some really good techniques and stuff that you can help out with so it got me really excited for the birth because I sort of had a vision of how we wanted it to go down and yeah. what my role was in making that um, come to fruition yeah definitely and we chose to have a home birth that was always what we wanted from the start but it was actually really difficult for us to find a midwife initially um so it was looking i contacted or started reaching out to different midwives at uh, nearly as soon as i found out we were pregnant week so eight, week eight or nine or i think it was earlier than that i think yeah. it was like week six and they were all getting back to me saying that they were booked out and some of them were so we had our baby in september some of them were saying they were booked out until october i didn't realize it at the time or didn't factor in, you know, the afterbirth care. And so I was reading these messages just being like, how are these people booked out? These people aren't even pregnant yet. And, um, yeah, I'd sort of just given up and I'd applied for the midwifery group practice. There's one at Tweed um, and Gold Coast, which we live kind of in between those two places. So mm. could have done either. Um, yeah, I think we've come to terms with the fact that potentially we were going to yeah, be a midwife. Yeah, definitely. And then I think you caught up with one of your friends, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so I caught up with a group of girlfriends and one of them had sort of been able to find someone last minute and they were both, they were all kind of encouraging me to persevere, keep trying. Keep trying. Yeah. And then um, a friend of mine had had our midwife at her birth and she'd actually contacted her privately and and said, my friend's son is going to reach out to you. Um, I don't know what you can do, but if there's any way you could possibly fit her in, like I would really appreciate that. And, um, yes, that's how we then got in touch with Sorka. Yeah. Uh, and I really think that it all just worked out very serendipitously because I do think she was the midwife that was she meant for us. was perfect. I just don't know how you could get a better midwife for us or for anyone, but she was amazing. And yeah. I remember we had that first introductory meeting and just the minute she walked in, we knew like yeah. she, was, she had such a beautiful energy and she was really grounded and calm and she yep. brought such a nice presence to our house. And, um, yeah, she, we shut the door behind her and sort of said goodbye and then the two of us just like 
we looked at each other and we're like, oh, my God, where has she come from? She's just so perfect. So, yeah, really good. I was, I think, the whole way through from that point on because we caught up with her like once a month. Yeah. Um, The whole way through there, there was just this like uh, underlying calmness in both of us because we just knew we had a really good team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, she was amazing. I think we, I don't remember when we found her but I think it was probably week 13 or something like that it was um still quite early on um and so we went through a lot of the um birth prep obviously with her in our appointments but yeah hypnobirthing was a great way to kind of solidify that and I've spoken about this before but I really think hypnobirthing the name needs a rebrand because people (laughs) look at you like you're a witch doctor or something when you talk about it um and yeah, it's basically just practical strategies to help you yeah, cope classes. with birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we did that on the Gold Coast and that was amazing. And um with Shari, that was what's the name of it? Hypnobirthing Australia? Shari. Belly to birth. Belly to birth. Belly to really birth. Really good. Yeah. Really recommend that. Um but just coming back to our question, because we're talking about the how you felt in each trimester. Oh, yes. So we've talked about trimester two and halfway through trimester three. Yeah. Do you want to talk about leading up to Birth. Lumi? So maybe if you talk about the day that we sat down and yeah. we, we thought he was coming in the next couple of days. Yeah. Yes. So basically I'll just talk about I think from about like early 32, I think it was like 32, 33 weeks, I was just starting to feel like tired again, a bit slower. I think like my body was really starting to change at that point. Um, and I was less kind of had less energy for the gym and things like that. And I just felt my body really starting to slow down. And I think mentally I was really struggling with that. Um, and I was also just kind of struggling a bit with workload and that mm. kind of thing at that point. And just feeling like I, I was kind of feeling like, I was giving too much to other people in work and I didn't have much left to give to myself at the end of a day or the end of a week. And I was just really struggling with that. Um, But I was kind of booked in to continue working until 37 weeks. So that's what I did. Initially I was supposed to work until later, but I kind of reined it back in until 37 weeks. Um, and I'm really glad that I did from a mental health perspective, even though we ended up going to a 42 weeks, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember where it was, but I'm going to assume around like 34, 33 weeks where you were just like, I don't think I can make it to 37 weeks. Yeah. Um, and so you did rearrange some stuff, but that was almost like it was a one or two week lull and then you, you got yes. some vitality back and you actually were, were you're quite yeah. good to finish off. And then towards the end, you're like, I actually wish potentially could have worked could for another have couple of longer. weeks, but yes. hard to know in hindsight. Of course, yeah, yeah, you don't know. It's obviously an estimated due date. But, um, yeah, so I finished work at 37 weeks and I don't know why, but I just kind of had in my head like, great, I'll have like two or three weeks left. Um, and then, yeah, the joke was on me because we went to just over 42 weeks. But I found those last few weeks really, really difficult. And, you know, obviously – you know that up to 42 weeks is completely fine and still within the air quotes, normal limits. But for some reason, I just, I guess I had in my head that I wouldn't go for that long. And those last few weeks was just really, really hard. I cried 
every day pretty much after 40 weeks, I think. Um, just so much anticipation. And then also I was just really not that comfortable anymore. My hips and pelvis and stuff was really starting to hurt and I couldn't walk super far. So um, I felt like physically restricted by the end, like the last week, I actually started walking more, even though I was in pain, just because I was like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. We were walking two to three times a day and decent length. Yeah, I think we were doing still about 10,000 steps mm. at the end, just because I was kind of like, oh, well, I just, at least this is giving me a little bit of um, like letting me get out of the house, letting me yeah. get some fresh air and all of that kind of thing. I was just really, really over being slowed down. I think it's probably a, like a personality type thing or something. Well, for majority of trimester three, when we went for a walk, you would say, can we please slow down? Yeah. From 40, ooh, 41 and 42 weeks, it was me trying to keep up with you. I was like, holy moly, she's on, on a mission just power walking. On so. a mission to get this baby out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I was just, yeah, very over it and really, really struggling with that. And I think also having finished work five weeks earlier, even though I was still doing, you know, work in the back end of my business, like marketing and stuff like that, I think I was almost feeling like a little bit useless. Mm -hmm. And I was also equally frustrated with people telling me, you need to completely stop working, which, you know, I know it was well-intentioned to tell me things like that. But at the same time, doing a little bit was something for me to do. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I was just bored, you know, like you're physically not able to do a whole lot um, and I don't want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day. Like yeah, that's just yeah. not something I enjoy doing. You were powering through the books. Yeah, I read like three books in one week at one point. me out with my work and just, yeah. I just needed, yeah, things to do. Um, and then that last week, so um, we had our last midwife appointment um, on our, technically it was 42 weeks and two days. Mm. Um, but the other thing that had happened was for some reason the hospital had an incorrect date for my due date. They had the 5th of um, September, but my due date, according to my period, was the 30th of September. So obviously it's a great thing to have a later date because it gives you more time and no one's putting pressure on you. Um, but in my mind, it didn't actually help how I was feeling mentally mm -hmm. because I was still working off that 30 of 30th of September date. So in my mind, I still was like, oh, great, I'm 42 weeks and two days. Is baby ever going to come? Um and, yeah, I just was I was getting signs and symptoms as well of labour for weeks. And so when it did actually start, I completely dismissed it. Um, but we had our appointment with our midwife that day uh, and it was basically that appointment was to um, kind of work out what the next steps were because um, she's a private midwife, um, you know, she's not working underneath the kind of hospital timelines and guidelines. So in that sense, I didn't actually have pressure on me from her to go into labour at, you know, any particular time. Um, 
at that stage and because the hospital were working off the 5th of September date, they also hadn't, you know, they weren't hassling us too much or anything as much. They were definitely hassling us. We're getting phone calls every couple of days but not as much as well. I just didn't answer any of their calls. Yeah, that's beautiful on. Um, and I think the whole way through we, we had really thought about like a long baby and we sort of said, you know, baby will come when he's ready and we won't rush baby and all this sort of stuff. But the minute you get that first sign of anything where you think potentially it could be coming, it's like Christmas. It's so exciting. And you get so excited and then all of a sudden it's like another day and another day and another day and then two weeks and then two and a half weeks. And so I think both of us started off really, really um, open to the idea of a late pregnancy, but once you actually go through it, it's much harder to wait. Yeah, and once you're getting really uncomfortable as well, it, it's quite hard to. Um, and so, yeah, that appointment with Sorka that day, I pretty much cried through the whole thing. Yeah, I think the day before we'd actually, we went to the beach and you, we sat down on the yeah. sand and you had a cry there and you rang Sorka and you're like, something's not right. Why isn't baby coming? And Sorka was completely just like, everything's okay, yeah. do you want to come, do you want to catch up? And that was yeah. basically the next day we caught up with her and the meeting was solely on just how you were feeling and what, why you were worried and exploring all of those things. Yeah. And then she'd said that um, basically if I was, that it was still, you know, within normal and she wasn't concerned at all, um, but that was a Thursday and she said if, if we hadn't gone into labour by the next Monday that she'd suggest, um, you know, having another ultrasound just to make sure everything's tracking nicely mm. um, and then some more frequent kind of monitoring um, yeah. of him, so we, of his heart rate. So we booked in the ultrasound. Like we didn't want to do it, but we thought Monday we'll book it in. Yep, just so for peace of mind. Peace of mind. Um, and Stalker arrived at 12 o'clock that day. Yep. Before she left... Our chiropractor came around and was kind enough to give us a few house visits, which is amazing. Yeah, that was so nice. Um, and he came around at about two and gave you an adjustment. Yeah. And it was almost like he knew. <laughs> yeah, it was like he he adjusted and then he kind of like shot his eyes up around the room and he he normally stays for a chat and a drink and all that sort of thing, but he just like was like oh. I need to go. I'll go quick. And he was packing his table up. And, and he looked really excited. He was very excited and he had a quick look around the room and then he was like out in the elevator and like, did you want a food or a snack? And he was just gone. <laughs> and, um, yeah, when we caught up with him after the birth, he basically said he'd done the adjustment and felt something move in your body and he was just sure that it was that it was going to happen. Kicking off. And then it did. Mm, then it did. <laughs> so that was it. Yeah, he left it. Maybe two thirty-three, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then Sorka left shortly after he did. We went for our walk, and you were still like, "Oh, I just need this baby out. Like, it's never coming. Never gonna yeah. have it." Um, while you're on the walk, talking about never having this baby, you're like, oh, my <laughs> belly's gone so rock hard. Feel this. But that had also been happening for weeks as well. Yeah. So yeah, I and was. We're walking along. And you're like, it's so hard. We feel it. Wow, it's hard. I've also got like a little bit of period pain at the same time. Both of us, I think, at that point just didn't want to get excited. So we're like, okay. Oh, denial. Yeah, in denial. And then what happened from there? Um, Yeah, so the period pain was definitely more kind of intense than what I'd had 
earlier in um, in pregnancy or, you know, earlier in that um, after 37 weeks, but I was just completely in denial. So we did that walk and then we came home. I started making dinner and meanwhile they were getting more intense, but again, like I was just sort of ignoring them and thinking, you know, I just didn't want to get my hopes up um, and equally knowing that if it was early labour, that can go on for, you know, days. Mm. So I just was kind of like just, you know, trying to keep my cool um, and not get too excited. Um, and you went and had a shower and then. Yeah, there was, there was a contraction towards the end of dinner where you, you stopped, you had to put your yeah. knife and fork down, you shut your eyes and you were breathing through it. And that was for me. I was like, I still don't want to get my hopes <laughs> up, but I think something could be happening here. And I think I felt your belly and it was like rock hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we finished dinner and you, yeah, we went and did our thing, but we had been gifted this beautiful candle from our friends, Ryan and Amber. Ryan is also the chiropractor. Um, and I think at that point we finished dinner and went and lit the candle. Um, so I think deep down we knew labour was starting, but we just weren't verbalising it to ourselves or anyone at that point. Yeah, I remember joking and saying, I'm not going to believe we're in labour until I'm pushing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty true as we'll fill you in on. All right, so that's we had dinner at six or six thirty. We lit the candle at the end of dinner. Um, what do you remember post that? Um, so we're just feeding Lumi mid conversation here. Um, yes, so we had dinner, started getting more intense, and then we kind of you lit the candle, started dimming the lights. Mm. Um, I remember you took like a little video of our kind of birth space yeah. that we'd set up nicely. So we had like the birth pool um, and we had some nice little fairy lights, some candles, some affirmations and some messages from our friends um, all up. Mm. And so we had that all set up and then. Um, a birth playlist on. Our birth playlist on, yes. Um, and then from then on it sort of started getting more intense and I think from here on like my timeline of things I honestly wouldn't have any idea apart from hmm. you hearing John tell the story multiple times now well yeah let's go with what you remember and then I'll fill in the blanks so yeah um for me we turned all the lights off the candles were lit as you mentioned and we put the birth tracks on and we started just dancing around the apartment basically like slow dancing hugging yeah. talking in between contractions yeah um and your contractions were basically that come on you would shut your eyes you were doing some like really controlled deep coherent breathing and they might last for you know a minute or so and then we'd go back to what we're yeah. doing again what did the do you remember what the contractions felt like at that time? yeah they were they kind of felt like a wave so they would obviously I'd feel it coming on and then you'd reach like a peak and then they would go back down again um as they I don't know exactly what time this was but as you know I think I was sort of out of that very early labor where I you know that we were experiencing while we were walking and having dinner um and more in that early stages of sort of more active labor I remember it feeling like I would almost get like the period pain sensation in my lower abdomen, and then it would, like, wrap around my back. Mm. Um, and 
that in varying degrees of intensity is mostly what it was like the whole time up until um, I was pushing. Obviously, yeah, as I said, varying stages of intensity, but I remember sort of naively thinking what I think would have been around maybe like 9 or 10 o'clock or something like, yeah, like this is pretty painful, but like I've got this. I remember Mm -hmm. kind of obnoxiously being like, giving birth is easy. Like this is not too bad. Um, yeah, I had a very similar just thought. Wait. <laughs> I remember, I remember everything was happening. It was like nice music and stuff. And I just remember thinking like, this is beautiful. Like this is so nice. Lynn's smashing it. She's such a gun. Um, anyway. It- and I had visions of, we'll get to this later, but I guess like when I had kind of thought of what I would be like giving birth, I was like, I'm going to be one of those like calm hypnobirthing mums that you see on the internet just slowly like breathing their mm. baby out. You'd mentioned that many times that I'm going to be a silent birther. No. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be a silent birther. I think you might have said it half a dozen times at least. No. We'll get to that. <laughs> so I think it was around 8 or 8.30 you yeah. said to me um, when we had dinner you said that the contractions had doubled since our walk. So yep. that was about an hour later. For sure. And then about another two hours later again, you said they doubled again. Yeah. And then I think just from my observation, it was almost like they doubled every couple of hours yeah. from then on in. Um, and it was at about 8.30 yep. when, again, we still had not said, that we're going into labor and then we'd lit the candle and we'd done everything like that. But as 8.30, I thought um, our birth team's probably about to go to bed, if not already in bed. So I just sent them a message to say, uh, this is what's happening. These are the pains we're having. The lights are down. The candles are on. We're doing the slow dancing, just letting you know. Yeah. Um, and, yes, I sent those messages off to the two girls at the birth that were coming to the birth. Um. And I think at that point was when we downloaded the contractions app. So we, we yes. were kind of sort of thinking like, what do we do now? Like when do we, how do we measure this? Yeah, and we knew our midwife has said to us before, you know, I'm not really too interested in those textbook sort of um, yes. contraction metrics because I've just seen so many women literally give birth completely outside of that so I just Mm. think that every woman's different so we knew that but I think downloading it kind of gave us something to do and Mm. um and kind of like measure to give us some sort of sense of how things were going good to measure because even if you couldn't really see much it gave you a bit of progression and the app that we downloaded also said like you were currently at this stage of yes and so I think then it solidified like we are actually in labor yeah, because happening. this thing's telling us we're in labor. And um, I think at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock or something. No, we started at nine. It must have been about yeah. 10. It started saying like, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. Yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it felt like we did the contraction app for like an hour or two. Yeah. But when we looked back at it today, we'd done it from nine o'clock until 2.30. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I had no idea of time. We had all the lights off in the house. Um, so I, um, anytime I would like go to the toilet, I didn't want to turn on the main light in our bathroom because it was just so bright, um, Mm -hmm. and full on. Uh, so I would take my phone and use my phone light. And so it was when I would go to the toilet that I would see what time it was. And I remember 
I do remember looking at the time um, during that phase before the midwife arrived and thinking, my God, I can't believe it's been, you know, two hours since I last went because Mm. it might have felt like 10 minutes or it might have felt like five hours. I just had no concept of of time at all. And so that was always really shocking when I thought that it had been, mostly I thought it had been a short amount of time and it was actually really long. And what were you doing in the toilet? Um, Pooing, yes. Mm -hmm. So that was another sign that things were progressing was um, that I had to poo a lot. So what he was obviously evacuating and getting ready um, for that. And I also had said, I really don't want to poo myself during labour. And so I was really happy that that was happening because I thought that it was giving me a false sense of security that that wasn't going to happen to me. Um, and it did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that uh, also told us that things were moving along. Yeah, so I think it was about 9 o'clock. You did like almost three back-to-back and you said like <laughs> they were huge. <laughs> like, I've just done three. TMI. They were so big, um, which is a really good indication that things are progressing uh, I think it was around about sort of the middle of the evening where you went from being like your contractions had been completely silent apart from your, your breathing. Yeah. It was about 10 or ten or 11 o'clock where you started to actually like make some noise and I think we started toning together where you yep. would make the noise and I'd tone with you and that was getting us through the contractions at that yep. point. Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly where that happened, but I do remember that. Mm, well, we would, we would literally just always moving we were just like walking slowly dancing slowly i think for a little bit when the contractions were going right around to your back we actually got down onto the floor in our lounge room on the mattress and i was like pressing on your sacrum which was helping yeah um but you just kept saying like we would do that for a little bit and you're like i don't want to sit still i want to keep moving yeah i don't want it to slow down so we would we would uh, be a little bit in the lounge room, then we go to the kitchen. Yeah, I was so excited after waiting <laughs> 42 weeks and two days. We were in the office for a little <laughs> bit, then we went to the bedroom. You were leaning over the cot. Um, we just were continually moving. And that went all the way through to about midnight or a little bit after midnight yeah. when you said, um, Let's have a bath. Yeah, can you bath. run me a bath? And My- Am- your sister in law had said to us, like, good luck with everything. Whatever you do, do not get in the bath. It will slow things down. Yeah. And so you said, I know she said that, but I, I just want to get in for a little bit. I'm just going to have a little bath. <laughs> so we were in your bath at like 12.30. Yeah. And do you remember, I'll start with you and then I'll give um, you my point if you remember any of it. Look, it's very shady. I remember getting, I remember being in there. I don't remember getting in there. Um, and I do remember um, how I was sort of, had moved myself around so that I was facing away from John and away from the the doorway and was facing towards the wall. Um, and I definitely felt myself kind of like go inwards and kind of felt, had that feeling like I was there, but not there anymore. Mm. Um, and yeah, most of it, I, I mean, I, I've got like snippets of being in there. I can't say I like clearly remember it. Yeah, I remember I started running the bath and you said, is it ready yet? And I was like, I just walked back from turning the tap on. And I was like, oh, not quite yet. (laughs) And then like, I don't know, a minute later at at most, you just stripped off and you're like, I'm getting in. And it was about two inches of water in the bath. (laughs) So your shoulder was like slightly wet. 
And then, yeah, you just immediately rolled over, faced the wall, and you went really, really quiet. Yeah. And really, really distant. It was almost like you weren't here anymore. You were were somewhere else. Yeah. And the noises went from just a normal hum to started getting, like, lower and lower. Yeah. And you also started, like, putting your leg up onto the side of the bath, which for me, in my head, I was thinking, like, she's this is bearing down. I think mm. this is the bearing down stage. Um, and I think you're in the bath for maybe 90 minutes. Yeah. And there was lots of that, just like you would sort of drift in, might ask for something, I think we're drinking lots of coconut water and whatever else, and you would just like ask something and then offer, you'd be gone again. And if I spoke to you, it was almost like you had to force yourself back mm. onto planet earth just to talk to me for a little bit it was like really distant and slow and soft and but then when the contractions would start it would be this really deep low like grunt grunt and it was at about just before 2 a.m when you said have you have have you spoken to Sorka and I said I texted at nine o'clock and you said I think it's time to call her yeah and so I rang Sorka and she was really good but she just asked what was going on i told her all these things that were going on like contractions are this long we've done this we've done that we went in the bath and she was kind of like listening along and saying yep 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 yep." and i think she was trying to work out whether i wanted her there or something Mm. or whether she needed to be there and then she was like what else is happening and i was like um i'm not really sure at the moment but selen just said like it was time to get you and she's like oh that's all i needed to hear i'll be there soon and we text emma at the same time yeah and what felt like instantly they sort of both turned up yeah um and you'd said to me numerous times throughout pregnancy (laughs) that you didn't want to be naked during birth well, just like I just didn't want to, you know, have it all hanging out in front of everyone. Yeah. So you mentioned that a few times. And then when I had come back into the bath and said, Sorka's on her way, Emma's on her way, you, the first thing you said was, I don't want to be naked. <laughs> and I was like, that's okay. We'll, so funny we now can, that I cared about that. <laughs> we can dress you when they get here, but it's going to be a little while. Um, and then you were off again. You were back into floating on your side, watching the wall and yeah. doing your deep moans. Um, memory from here, anything popping in? Um, I just remember when it was time to, when, you know, the birth pool was filled up, which was in our lounge room and, and it was sort of time to come out. Um, I remember putting like a crop top on and then I did just come out and I just remember, yeah, walking out of our hallway and even though it was, dark there were candles on so it was lighter than it was had been in the bathroom mm. the bathroom um, was pitch black bar one candle so it was yeah, very dark very dark and there there's also a street light um that comes through our lounge room because we just have quite a sheer curtain um and yeah that was illuminating the room a lot more than it had in the in the bathroom mm. um coming out and then just kind of feeling like almost startled i guess because it had just been John and I for so long and then there was my midwife there and also my sister-in-law and I just kind of, yeah, felt a little bit startled and then I remember getting into the birth pool and kind of leaning over the side and you were 
on the other side of that and um and kind of continuing to labor in there for about an hour would you say yeah you i'd say about an hour yeah um and it was quite noticeable that you'd walked out of the bath you said you felt startled but you actually were startled because you came out and you saw emma had no pants on and i think it just like hit you and you kind of like jumped and you waved at her and you're like hey yeah and you jumped in the pool and then the first thing you said was like you need to blow out these candles it's too bright yeah and so we blew out some of candles apart from the main one, but it wasn't the candles really lighting the space. It was yeah, the, mainly the street light and and the additional presence of more people being there. I think. Mm. Um, I think it was full moon as well, so it was like lots of light coming through. Yes, and yes, yeah, so I stayed there for about an hour, and then it was actually me that I think like decided to hop out, or I said I feel like things have slowed down a little bit. I want to hop out again. Yeah, I want to stand upright, and so I hopped out of the pool. Um, and then we went back to kind of doing that slow dancing that we'd been doing initially, um, before anyone had arrived, before I'd gotten in the bath. Mm. And, um, so we did that for a while. And then I do remember how I like knelt down and kind of hopped down again onto my knees and then almost like went underneath our dining table, which was next to the birth pool. Um, I think because that was, again, like a more dark enclosed space, which mm-hmm. is obviously what I wanted. I didn't want anyone watching me. And I also obviously, I guess, felt that the the lounge room where we had our birth pool set up was way too open um, for me. And then, yeah, stayed there for a little while. And then it was, was it our midwife that said to you at that point, um, or we're not up to that yet. So getting into the pool, you, you, your labour had slowed down quite significantly. Yeah. And when you got out, as soon as you stood up, it picked back up again. And then you were down on your hands and knees and it picked up again, but we still went back to where you were. In the bar. In the bar. Yeah. So we, everyone was kind of like just trying to keep it calm and relaxed. But by this stage, it must have been close to, to 5 a.m. Yeah. And um, the midwife had come over to me and said, like, I think you should go and get some rest which I really didn't want to do. So I was like, no, I'm not going to go get some rest. Um, and then I think she that I had identified that the fact that there was more people here yeah, and whatever else, it had slowed everything down. And so she yeah. was starting to prepare for whether or not the labour was going to go for another day or whatever it was. Yeah. And she'd sort of mentioned to me, you guys really should consider going some rest. I'm not sure how much longer this could go on for. Um, and the other thing we need to factor in, is the fact that the sun's about to come up, so it is going to get brighter again. Yeah. No one had said any of this to me, obviously. No, that this was just, just me. Yeah. And I'd already been been observing Slen just like crawling into this corner and trying to get underneath things and, you know, I was having to duck under the table just to try and do my part with her. And um, I just went back under the table next to Slen and I said, do you want to go somewhere where it's darker? And you didn't even think about it. You are just like, yes. Yeah, And so we went into our bedroom and we set up like this little cave in the hallway where it was going to be the darkest with yeah. a mattress and Block out some pillows and we put all the blinds down and so we went into there. Yeah. And Sorka had then said um, if we were both comfortable, she was going to go yeah. home because she felt like you were going to progress with labour better with Without people not here. people here, yeah. And I, I remember her coming in to me when we were in the hallway. You went out to the lounge room for a minute and she came in and her telling me like that I should lie down and try and get some 
like little bits of sleep in between contractions. And I just remember thinking like, are you high? I'm not going to be able to sleep through this. Like this is a joke. No, like I honestly, there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep through these contractions. You want me to just like lie here (laughs) and try and sleep through them. I was like, does this work for anyone? And I was the opposite. I had (laughs) hit a wall at like four or five o'clock. Some weird things were going on. I was like seeing things. I was hallucinating. (laughs) There's all this like energy in the room. And I don't know why, but I was just hit a wall big time. And I was, I just kept thinking to myself, like, you are not going to go to sleep. Like you've, yeah. you've stayed awake so many times for parties. parties and whatnot. Like you can, you can do this, but I was so exhausted and, um, yeah, I could feel myself like holding in and just like, you're doing really well, Celine. Yeah. At the same time, my head would be like doing those airplane nods yeah i remember you saying like i'm just gonna i'm so sorry I'm but i'm so, so sorry tired. but i'm just gonna like fall asleep for a little bit but i'm right here and i'll like keep holding your hand i just remember thinking like i'm so jealous of you that you can fall asleep right <laughs> now this is so not fair and i also remember my sister-in-law like came in for a little bit and i just remember she's had four kids and i looked at her and was like why did you do this four times <laughs> Like, I don't understand. Yeah, so by this stage, your contractions were well beyond the bath. Yeah. From, like, 5.30, pretty much as soon as Sorka left, they just went next level. So we laid down. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to try and get some rest, and that just never eventuated because you went, like, times five. Yeah. And your contractions were so intense that they would, like. And really close together. Shaking me, and you'd, you'd basically, like, almost screaming through the contractions and then nearly pass out when they would finish. Yeah. And I would just think, oh, thank God she's got a break. And almost as quick as they faded away, they just faded straight back in again. You're like, oh, my God, there's another one coming. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it was from 5.30 till 6, maybe like a half-an-hour break where we were in that little dark space and I was just like I could feel it shaking in my body. I was like, oh, my God, she's going through something here. Like what? how are we going to do this? Yeah. And, yeah, I was, like, holding on to you. I was doing all the things that we'd learned in hypnobirthing. Um, you nearly crushed my hand. You were squeezing it so hard. And at one point you went to grab my hand and you missed my hand and grabbed my knee. And as the contraction happened, you were, like, separating my knee in the <laughs> joint. I thought it was going to dislocate. And I was like, holy shit, what yeah. is this is so... Crazy. Normally, I can't open jars. I give them to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it was about that point that you said well, you you came out of one. You almost passed out, and you're just like, I can't do this. Yes, I think part of it was you just don't know how much longer you're going to be going through that, and you have no idea what the timeline is. So you know, you could be having a baby in an hour, mm. or you could be having a baby in twelve hours from that point, and having had no sleep and been going since like over 12 hours, so 5 p.m. the day before, I was just so exhausted, so tired and was like, if this is going for another 12 hours, like shoot me in the face. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it. Um, Yes, Sorka had said to me because I had to let her downstairs when she left and she'd sort of said like, you know, don't tell Selene this and I don't want to burst any bubbles but you just need to be prepared that the sun's going to come up and things could slow down and this could go on for another day or two. And so then I'd come back to the apartment and you were having these wild contractions. I'm thinking, like, this is 
Crazy. I'm going to do this for a day or two. Like this is insane. Yeah. And um, I think like something clicked in me from hypnobirthing when you said, I can't do this. Yeah. That was the key thing like in hypnobirthing. I say that is the sign that you're about to go on to the next stage. Yeah. And so you said, I can't do this anymore. And I think I was like, let's get in a shower. Yeah. Like, yep. We'll yeah. get in the shower. So we, we went into the shower. We got a chair. And we laid down some towels. Yeah. And you basically knelt on the towels with your hand and head on the chair. Yeah. And then I just had the hand shower just like up and down your back, which really gave you some relief. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we were in there for a long time. Like two hours or something. A long time. Yeah. Like our house was just one big steam room because we had just yeah. had this hot shower running for two hours. And it was still really, really intense in there, but the shower just ease the pain yeah, off enough I that think you could, it, like, at least get through it. It helps to give you, like, some kind of other sensory perception as well because mm. there's another sensation on your body other than just what you're feeling. Um, so, you know, you have a bit of a distraction, I guess, mm. um, which was helpful. And the other thing I think that I'd mention is I didn't want any internal um, checks to check yeah. dilation um, during labour and my midwife doesn't really do them anyway unless you want them. So she's kind of, you know, it's up to you. She's not necessarily going to um, going to recommend them. So I'd said, you know, from the start that I didn't want any um, because logically I know that it's not a, uh, a good representation of how progressed you are towards actually mm. having your baby. Uh, it's not linear, I should say, is probably a more accurate um, yeah, so representation. Go, so you could go from, you know, four centimetres to 10 centimetres in 45 minutes. Mm. Um, but we know that I guess it's used as a barometer of, you know, how much longer you have to be going in labour. But that's actually not the case. It's very well accepted. So, yeah, I just didn't really think that it would be helpful for me to have any kind of internal examinations. So, I didn't have any for my midwife, but at that point when I was in the shower and thinking kind of like, oh, my God, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this for. Is it going to be another day or whatever? Um, I said to John, like, can you just check for me? And so I got John to um, sort of feel my cervix. And initially you said, I think it might be like one centimetre. And then I don't know if this was to make me feel better, but you said like, oh, no, maybe two or three. And I just, even though logically I knew that, okay, well, that doesn't actually mean anything, I was still like, fuck my life, are you joking? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really interesting that even logically knowing what I knew, that's why I didn't want them in the mm. first place, it was something that I still really felt like not that it did derail things, but it kind of um, mentally. mentally put me off. Um, in that moment. But yeah, we were in the shower for about two hours. Um, and then I remember asking for the bath again, didn't I? Yeah. So we were in there for ages. And um, I think at some point you said, can you get the comb? Yeah. Uh, which is something that we learned in hypnobirthing. You basically like squeeze the comb into your hand and the spikes. Again, it's that sensory perception, yeah, right? To, to divert the pain. So I went and got the, the combs. And we were doing a bit of that. And then, yeah, you'd said, can we get into the bath? And at that point in time, like for the two hours we're in the shower, like you were, the contractions were coming hard and fast and you were screaming when they came. Like it was no longer a, a groan. It was yeah. like you were screaming and it was like 
I was inside, I was like on the outside, I was calm, saying you're doing an amazing job, Simi, you're doing so well, all the affirmations and all that sort of stuff. But inside I was just like, holy shit, like I was fully shaking with adrenaline and just like couldn't believe the power of what was going on. And he asked for a bath, so we went back into the bath, we're in the bath again. And it was exactly the same as before. You jumped in, you rolled over, you faced the wall, you put one leg up, and then it was the quietest it had been for hours. You just went calm and relaxed and back into that, like, really distant, you know, speaking from another place almost. Um, The contractions were still quite loud, but you just, like, completely, the whole thing just quietened down. Yeah. And so I had my hand up in the bath. I laid down in the bathroom, just face down and fell asleep. And I think you, I don't know if you fell asleep, but you were definitely like I was, went into a restful I was, state. almost felt like I was just sort of passed out or was yeah. in this weird limbo place. Um, and I remember you asking like, are you still getting contractions? And I was, but. I don't know, they weren't that same level of kind of like screaming through them. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, you were sort of like passed out. I was just trying to, I don't know what I was doing. I was not here. Mm. Um, And I remember I was sort of obviously um, had opened my eyes and was kind of like looking down my body um, towards the, the end of the bath. And I saw and felt my waters break. So it was like something um, like shot out into the water, almost like turning on a jet in the mm. bath. Um, and then I remember kind of like grabbing your hand and saying like, John, my, I think my waters just broke. Yeah. And I was, I was completely in daydream land. So I was like off dreaming and I just wake up to my waters broke and I was like, took me a few moments to sort of come to you and I was like, hang on, where am I? What's going on? I was like, <laughs> wait, what, your water's broke? How do you know? Um, we got up and had a look to see if there was any colour. Is it something any that macronium. you look at? And to, from what I looked at, I don't think, I'm not sure if you could see or not, but I was like, no, it's all clear. Mm. Um, so I text Silka and said, the water's just broke. And she said, that's fantastic. Is there any meconium? I said, no, there's not. Um, and then she said, do you feel like you need me? And I said, no, I don't think we need you just now. And immediately after I hit send on that, you said, I need to push. Need to push. I'm about to push. <laughs> and I think within seconds you were basically having a contraction where you were just like screaming and pushing. So yeah. text Sorka straight back and was like, scrap what I just said. <laughs> she needs Coming to push. <laughs> she's, she's like involuntarily pushing. And Sorka wrote back on the dot just saying like, I'm on my way. And Shalanda will beat me, and she's the, the second, second midwife. midwife. Yeah. And from then on, I think Sorka was about twenty minutes away. I think Solan maybe had a dozen of these huge. crazy huge uh, surges with the full push and the full scream, and we're talking like a whole new level of. Yeah, um, I sounded like a lion. Yeah, basically. it was like a grizzly bear shaking down the entire apartment building, just like roaring through this baby and I'd pretty much come to terms at that point in time. I was like, we're delivering this baby ourselves. <laughs> like this is coming now. I was just pushing and I was trying to get a little look in to see like if I could see anything, but it was really dark in there. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I pushed number 10 or 11. I was like, this thing's coming out. I was like starting to put my hands down to see if I could feel anything. I think you were doing the same. Yeah. Like, it's coming. Um, 
the second midwife arrived. And I'd and, said to you, like, don't leave me. Yeah, because this whole time I was just, like, holding your hand, talking to you. And when the really intense, like, pushing had come along, you said to me, like, do not let go of my hand and don't stop talking. So I had to just keep, like, talking, coaching, coaching you through it. Um, we're making sure you're breathing because when you're screaming, everything was tensing up and you just weren't breathing. So any chance we'd try and get you to take a breath in and then as soon as the surge went away, I was just like touching anywhere that was tense. It's like, relax here, relax here, relax here. So not the like calm hypnobirthing, breathing your baby out that I envisaged for no, myself. No, it was just <laughs> not possible to do. Just the fact that you're getting breath in was enough for me. I was so yeah. happy because you'd just like get to the end of this huge scream and I was like, quick breath, quick breath in, quick breath in. You'd be like, <gasps> and let out another one and be like three or four every surge. And and then you were just like uh, almost passing out, but just like all tensed up. And so we're just trying to get you as relaxed as possible between then. Yeah. But you'd said to me, do not leave. Do not stop talking. Don't let go of my hand. And so Shalanda got here, the second midwife, and doorbell starts ringing. Kubi starts barking. And I'm like, I just need to get the doorbell. And you're like, do not leave this room. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Hmm. So I just started thinking about what, how am I going to get these guys in the apartment? And I think we had like two or three another massive pushes and you basically almost passed out. And as you did that, I was like, I'll be two seconds, I'll be two seconds. And I run outside to let Shalanda in and uh, she missed the gate. So we had to wait another few pushes, run outside again, let her in. And when she got in, she came in. Do you remember this part? Yeah. I'll let you share this part. <laughs> so... Yeah, the second midwife came in and um, she had started to say that we should move out to the birth pool because, you know, it was it was bigger, would have more space and it would be, you know, a more ideal environment mm-hmm. um, for them to help and that kind of thing. And she started saying this to me and saying, you know, we'll help you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not going out there. Like I think... A, because I knew that that had slowed things down for me earlier. Not that I think by this point, you know, in retrospect, that would have happened. I don't think there was any turning back by that point. But I wanted the darkness, the privacy, and I didn't want everyone in there. And And for reference, you were lying on your side when you started pushing. Yes. And after like three pushes, I was like, we need to get her on her knees. I was like, can we get you on the knees? And you're like, no, I don't think I can. And another push would go past. I was like, I really think we need to get you on your hands and knees. Yeah. And eventually, like, yes, okay, let's do it. And I think it took five or six surges to go. just to get it. Keep yeah. you primed up, like, all right, next one, we're going to do it. And then you're like, no, I just need to have another one. And it would just, just yeah, because they were so, so close together, it was hard to, you know, do anything in between them. Yeah. It was like getting a breath in was all I could really manage. And then she sort of, um, diverted that conversation because I had said no to John and started saying to you, you know, um, baby like, must be born in the pool. Ba- yeah, it'll be better, guys. blah, blah, blah. And you said, oh, it's too cold. It's only 30 degrees now. And she said, oh, I'll, you know, I'll take care of it. I'll start heating it up. And and I said, what did I say? I said, like, shut up and get the fuck out or something. Yeah, shut up and get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> Which not, I would I'm never leaving normally say. Like that. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously I just really put my foot down. I didn't want anyone to derail. She was really good about it. She was just like, okay. She slowly (laughs) left the room. 
And then um, <laughs> this is like we we text. Your water broke at eight forty. Yeah. And we text straight away. Yeah. And Sorka said she was on her way. Yeah. Eight fifty two. Yeah. Eight fifty. And um, Tosorka must have got there about like twenty past nine or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Shalanda was a little bit earlier. And Sorka came in. She was, I think, Shalanda had obviously given her the rundown of what was going on, and she don't ask her to move out to the birth pool. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so she came in. She was really nice, really good energy. Um, she basically said uh, something along the lines of like, "So you want to? You definitely want to stay in the bath, Shalanda?" And you said, "Yes, I do not want to leave the bath." And um, she said it's a bit tight. It's like, going to be tight on space, but we'll make it work. Yeah. So she went in. She did use the Doppler machine, check the health of the baby a number of times. It was all she was like, everything's good, baby's healthy, everyone's happy and healthy. And and then from there, it was Not like long. we'd already had twenty huge pushes, I reckon, by the time she got there. Yeah. Um, and I think it would have been twenty minutes max from her arriving to. Leave me being born. So yeah. when she got there, she was kind of like bending around the shower screen to try and monitor you. Yeah. I actually got in the bath and sat, um, in, front of sat me. in front of you. On the edge kind of, of like the bath. Leaning against me. And then as he came through, you kneeled up a little bit further. Yeah. And you received him. His head came out. Yeah. And as his head came out, he, he did like a little wriggle. Yeah. And Sorka had said, like, you know, don't push, don't do anything. He's going to need to readjust to get yeah. himself in the right spot. He does a little wriggle, did like a 90-degree turn. And then I think on the very next push, you basically received him. Yeah, he's um, in little hands. And the two of us brought him up between us and Sorka came in, unwrapped the yeah. umbilical cord. Yeah, it was very loosely. It wasn't tight, but it was loosely around his neck. neck. And I think I was saying to you, like, Keep him under the water, slow, slow, slow. Keep him under the water. So we kept him under the water for what felt like ages. I don't think it felt. I didn't feel like very long to me. I think I was, it was very impatient. It probably wasn't very long, but when you're holding bring him up. your baby underneath the water, it feels like forever. But yeah, we brought him up slowly, and I just remember that as soon as you brought him out of the water, he just let out like this little grizzle, this little grizzle or something like that, and the tools were just like, yeah. There were no tears coming out, but I was crying like I was like shaking and crying. Like, yeah. It didn't. There were. I don't think I had any like bodily fluids left <laughs> yeah, to come out. It's really hard to describe, but it was like unbelievably magic to watch him come out. Yeah. But then times that by five or six when you hear him cry and uh, you, yeah. you're like, he's here, like he's actually here. And then yeah, you put him on your chest. Almost as Instantly. soon as you hit your chest, he just like Calm relaxed down. and calmed and just like nuzzled into you. Yeah. It was very special. Very special moment. And it's a little bit of a blur from there, but I just remember at some point we were in there for like quite a while. Yeah, I think um, maybe like 10 minutes or something, yeah. Yeah, five minutes. And then Sorka said if we were comfortable that we could come out to the pool Yeah. and from there we could get comfortable and get ready to, to do the afterbirth yeah. from there, which we yeah. did. Which was great. It was great being able to actually like come out and then get into Shalanda had heated the pool, so it was, yeah, it was back to like a nice temperature. Um, and it was just nice to get into like a nice clean pool. Mm. Um, was yeah, much nicer than the bath by that point. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, we did obviously 
like all that skin to skin um, and then getting him to do like the breast crawl and that kind of thing, um, which was a little bit hard or I found challenging in the pool because the water level. So like basically I was almost having to like semi kneel or stand Mm. up for the water level to be high enough on me that if he was at my boob, it, you know, he wouldn't be like swallowing water. So I didn't back to temp. Find, like, it right up, yeah, so it's a little bit too full. It was like not overly, what's the word, like ergonomical, maybe. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> um, you, ended up, you ended up sitting on me to get, yeah, to get you a little bit higher, up higher. Um, but yeah, it was really nice being there and nice that you, there was also space for you in mm. there too. Um, so we're probably in there for what close to an hour. Yeah. Maybe? Do you remember um, what the first thing you said to him was? No, 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 what was it? I can't remember. I was just wondering oh, whether you'd remembered. No, I think I was just in such a state of shock and adrenaline and all the things. Um, I yeah, I wouldn't have like mm. I, I remember it, but like I wouldn't remember what I said. Yeah, I think for so much of this, it's really hard to verbalize. Like, yeah, honestly, I could feel all this power coming out of you, and I was just like, I was shaking, and it was. Yeah. It, but it's beyond something that you can just describe. It's just it's super, super out of this definitely magical. world. Ma- yeah, magical experience. And it's unlike anything. You can't really, like, relate it to something else that you've done. No, definitely not. Um, and, yeah, then it was time, obviously, for the placenta to come out. And um, so a midwife had said, you know, are you starting to get any more surges or um, contractions, things like that, um, which would indicate, you know, it's time. Um, And I was, and she said, you know, if um, when you're getting them, just push um, and your placenta will probably come out. So um, I was getting very mild um, surges or contractions. And I, look, I was sort of pushing, but I wasn't really pushing very hard, I think, Um. I think I was just honestly still in so much shock and like so relieved that it was over because I was just so exhausted that, yeah, I wasn't really pushing that hard. Um, And so uh, then she said, you know, just if you can kind of like feel the cord or even feel where the placenta is, um, just checking, you know, that it's not still attached, which I could obviously feel that it wasn't if I applied a little bit of pressure to the cord. And so um, I then was able to actually see if I could pull it out myself, um, but I obviously wasn't applying enough pressure. Again, I think I was just still really shaky and tired and, yeah, just couldn't really be bothered. I was like, my job is done. Yeah, um, run the marathon. <laughs> run the marathon. Yeah, I'm done now. Um, and so she um, ended up getting me to stand up and obviously asked if it would be okay, but um, which I said, yeah, absolutely go for it. She ended up helping me to um, actually pull on the cord a little bit more. Um, and then the placenta came out, which was kind of like that last feeling of like, oh, my God, relief. And also just the weirdest, craziest feeling to have that come out of you. My gosh, like, oh, it, it's not like painful at all, obviously, after having a baby come out of there. But it's just that final kind of feeling of relief. Yeah to have that come out um, and I didn't lose a lot of blood at all actually. Um, when that came out, they the midwives thought that it was maybe only around 100 mils, so like a very, very small amount. Um, 
And yeah, then after that, um, they put the placenta in a bowl. So it was kind of floating on top of the water and obviously still attached to Lumi. And then you got to have some skin to skin with him mm. and the whole team. for a long time. I don't know how. Yeah. Know, but it was a long um, time. And then the midwives were amazing and they um, got some clothes and things ready for me and got the bathroom like organized for me and helped me to get out of the pool and go and have a shower. Um, and then they got things ready for us in our bedroom, which was really nice. Um, so I went and had a shower. Um, and it was just so weird having that like few moments to myself, um, in the shower. Like it was just so strange. I remember Mm -hmm. like in there crying, kind of like happy tears, also shocked and just like very feeling very shaky. Um, I got myself, you know, ready to like, it was nice to do something normal, like wash my face Mm -hmm. and wash my hair and that kind of thing. And then, um, went and got into our bed, which they'd prepared and then they, the midwives um, obviously checked me for any tearing or anything like that. So I just had some minor grazing and um, a small what was in between a first and second degree tear. So it was up to me whether I wanted to get stitches or not. And I opted not to just because in the past um, where I have had stitches, I've had keloid scarring. And that's basically, if you don't know, like, goes really like lumpy and purpley and kind of raised scar tissue um and obviously didn't want that to happen um so i opted um not to have any um stitches and i'm really glad that i did because i feel like things have healed really well and Mm. and i i actually had way less pain after birth like wing and going to the toilet and all of that than i actually thought i would i thought it would be so much worse um so overall i feel like the recovery has been like really, really good. Mm. Um, the midwives were so amazing. Like yeah, they, they dressed her in. They picked her outfit out. Um, they got her in the bedroom. They showed her about breastfeeding and the baby and all these sorts of stuff. And then they brought me in there. And we all were sitting in there. We did the way, and then we got to have some really nice like bonding time. Yeah. And then they were just in the background, like yeah, cleaning like the fairy apartment, godmothers. putting washing on, hanging washing out, mopping the floors, emptying the pool, yeah. cleaning the bath. Making sure I'd eaten, gotten me a drink. Yeah, like food. It was just was insane. Amazing. I don't know how they fit any of that in in that tiny bit of time, but, yeah, unbelievable yeah. service that they offer. Yeah. That's um, incredible. One thing that we haven't touched on at all yet. Which I would love you to comment on is how was Kubi during the whole thing? Oh, scene? yeah, Kubi. So Kubi's our dog and she she was really concerned. Um, I think obviously all the, the noises and things that I was making and seeing like what state I was in, she was just, yeah, quite heightened. Not that I was really aware of that myself because she just wasn't really like mm-hmm. in my awareness most of the time. But, yeah, she would come in every now and then and, um, like give me a lick on the face um, and, yeah, check how I was going, yeah. wasn't she? she was coming up to the pool when you're in the pool yeah. in the bar. She'd come in like almost like look me directly in the eyes a bit, yeah. as if to say like. Is she okay? Hey, yeah, can you, is it okay? And I'm like, it's okay, could be. She and lost so much sleep that night too. I don't think she slept at all. Yeah, it's probably her first all-nighter. Um, but overall she's. She was amazing the whole thing. She was obviously like really confused with a lot of it. And once Lumi was with us, again, was very confused, but she's been so nice. She like loves being right next to him and yeah. 
um, every time he cries, she runs over to try and help him. Yeah. Gives him way too many licks. Yes. Yeah. Too many kisses. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's very sweet. Like now when I'm, you know, breastfeeding in bed or something, she likes to be, like, as close to us as possible and, like, mm. rest her head in our lap. Um, so for anyone that told us we wouldn't love our dog anymore, yeah, we definitely still love her. She's still been getting two walks a day. Lots of so, games, lots of hugs. Yeah, you were wrong. <laughs> Early days, but you're wrong. No, she's been very loved. She definitely feels like very confused. You can see that. Yeah. But yeah. She loves love. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, you described the contraction at the start of labor. Can you describe like the pushing? Um, yeah. I don't know if that, what words to use to describe that. It's just um, very different. I don't know what I expected, but I guess when I hear the word like pushing, I don't know, I think I thought it would somehow feel maybe different to that, but it's honestly felt like my whole like body was basically like convulsing from the inside mm. um, and with this like huge amount of downward pressure um and there's like nothing I could do to stop it Mm -hmm. and so again I guess like the contractions it would be like a wave um kind of motion or sensation in that that you kind of you feel it rising and there's a peak and then there's it's sort of like cooling off um Mm -hmm. and then yeah towards the end obviously as his head was um sort of coming out I remember saying like it's burning like yeah I remember that which is, I think, part of that sensation is like any tearing or grazing, yeah. like sort of occurring. Um, I think if I got you to scream as loud as you could scream, I wouldn't you be would able double to. it, and that was how much was coming out of you. It was yeah, just phenomenally loud and deep and yeah. big. <laughs> Either our apartment is very, very well soundproofed, or our neighbours are all liars because they've all said they didn't hear anything. They've apologised to a few now, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't hear anything." Hmm. Yeah, high pitched light. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it is quite soundproof, and we're obviously in the bathroom too, so it's more insulated. Mm. <laughs> yeah, what an experience! I can't I just can't put it into any more words than that. But yeah. How did you feel the day of afterwards? Because we kind of. Just basically got to know Lumi, our little darling Lumi, that day. How did you feel then? And in contrast, how do you feel now? It's currently he is 14 days old, 13 days old. Uh, No, we're Saturday, so he's like 16 days old. 16 days old now. Um, Yeah, I felt like very, I don't even have words. Like the first day, honestly, just in so much kind of like disbelief and shock Mm. relief obviously as well um I actually didn't feel super tired once he was here I think he obviously just again so many hormones adrenaline and that kind of thing that Mm. you don't really notice it probably until a couple of days after um and then just like so obsessed with him like I just can't stop staring at him and definitely emotional. Like I would just look at him and cry because he's like because because I love him so much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would even look at Corby and cry because she's just so cute. 
So, yeah, I definitely felt very emotional, um, very shaky on my feet um, and, like, walking around. I kind of felt like it took me quite a few days to sort of just feel normal, like even getting up out of bed and, like, going to the bathroom and that kind of thing. Um, now I sort of feel like, you know, I'm getting the hang of breastfeeding and that kind of thing and my body feels a lot more normal now. Mm. I'm not having, um, you know, I'm not shaky anymore. I feel like um, I'm actually amazed at, you know, how quickly your body does start sort of going back to, you know, not that it's back to your pre-baby body or anything like that, nor, you know, should you be in a rush to get back there. But it's amazing to see how quickly things do sort of start mm. moving um, and changing. That has really, really surprised me. Um, and, yeah, I think now it's kind of just like adapting to this new, like, routine non-routine that we have and like we were saying yesterday like it was friday night last night and you know uh, we're not like we're really doing much at the moment we're kind of just like staying home eating food and breastfeeding like there's not much else that goes on and i remember saying we said like i wonder like when we'll be able to do something like you know normal like watch a movie together or something like that um so, yeah, yeah, I think it was like four or five days after pregnancy and because at the start you just always have Lemmy on you. So yeah. if Sloane went to the bathroom, she would like pass him to me and, and vice versa and we'd if he wasn't on one of us, he was on the other. And then on day five we're just like, oh, let's give the pram a little go. Yeah. Day four or five or something like that. And so we put him in the pram and then um, I think I was about to go to the bathroom and then you were like, let's have a hug. And then we yeah. hugged and we're like, this is the oh, first wow. time we've had. This is the first time we've had. This is so nice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it's been very good, very special. I've loved every bit of it. Um, you're like really tired and you've got a lot to poo on you and all those sorts of things, but you're real on everything. happy about it. There's breast milk on and bo- just body things on everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. And you've done such a good job. You've smashed labour and the birth. And you've just been such an amazing mother. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.